You're listening to K&J Recaps. Okay, everybody, welcome back to K&J Recaps. I am Jess. I am Kim. Excellent. Hello, Kim. Hello, Jess. How are you? I am well. I'm very excited. We are recapping episode eight, the final episode. The last one. The last one of season one of Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Uh, And what an episode it is. I feel like (laughs) we always have lots to say, but we have lots to say. We have have so much to say. This is literally (laughs) going to be the longest podcast (laughs) of all time. So sit back, relax. Hopefully you're on like a long drive or an extensive right. walk somewhere. I hope everybody else wants to listen to five hours of Stranger Things <laughs> discussion. Because right. I could talk about Absolutely. it all day. And who doesn't, really? So uh, if you are new to our podcast, we recap um, shows in great detail, obviously, um, obviously including lots of spoilers. So we encourage you to pre-watch the show. Obviously, it's a great show. You should see it anyway. Um, we also have episodes one through seven recapped if you've happened to miss those along the way <laughs> before you jump to eight. <laughs> and it would be a payoff, I think, for you to listen to episodes one through seven of our recapping just to hear how wrong we truly were <laughs> in analyzing what would happen in this final I really feel like we got so many things right but we got equally or more as many as many things like kind of like drastically wrong right and so I would say like the biggest thing overall was we made an assumption very early on I think both of us because we talked about the renewal for season two that we didn't think that that would be possible um because we somehow had in our heads that season one would end up in a neat little package and i don't know where we that came from but we did (laughs) i don't know like we were we were both on the same page it was like some kind of weird assumption that we made i don't know if we were influenced in some way like when we were talking um previously about like when season two was announced it was like this big deal that it was announced um and so we we were really thinking that this was almost like a like a standalone yeah. um like mini series. you know almost yeah, like a exactly. mini series yeah and then when it was this huge deal that season two was announced that we you know were basing it on the assumption that we were going to have a mini series type season one where even if like all questions weren't answered we would at least be ending up with kind of a tidy package that was a standalone and so we were like, well, you can't right. go back and do, you can't like have the same town and now like the creature's out again, you know, like, I mean, but there's so many unanswered questions. I mean, there definitely has to be a season two <laughs> in the same town with these okay. same people or I would be very disappointed. <laughs> so, yes, agreed. I I think I had definitely thought and I think I used the example of Broadchurch and we had a few others. Um, I think Broadchurch is in, always my prime example of like something that should have ended either in the first series because it's British or at least if it was going to do the second one, done something completely different with the concept. Um, but this is very much, I agree with you. And the first time I finished watching it, because I had that expectation, I was like miffed, I would say. It didn't sit with me. Actually, like, it's really funny. I kind of, I watched it late at night and then I dreamt about it all night, like yeah. kind of in and out, which was really, really weird. <laughs> weird. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a weird show anyway. So in your dreams, it's even weirder. Um and then I watched it again, and in the second rewatching, I'm a lot more at peace, I think, with some of the pieces. But we can absolutely discuss that, obviously, as we go through scene by scene. But 
Yeah, for sure. And like, and I definitely picked up too more so on the rewatch that they really like the show itself, um, kind of in a ton tongue in cheek way made us aware of the fact that they're they're that they're aware that there's a lot of unanswered questions. Totally. And- I love that. And I didn't pick it up the first time. I yes. completely agree. And I think that yeah, I mean we can talk about it when we get there. But right, I think you know sure. what they've been really good at doing that throughout the whole series, like season. Uh, that there's been and they've been able to do it because they have these kids who can kind of say whatever they want and because it's kind of based on a board game and in the 80s and they have this like very playful attitude and that continues through this one while being incredibly emotionally impactful and disturbing at the same time. <laughs> yes, I really think that they just did such a great job in this episode yeah. of like of like really building the tension and really kind of having these great emotionally impactful scenes yeah. and like I am definitely, I mean like as mentioned in previous podcasts, like I am an emotional TV watcher, like I get really caught up in it and so definitely like I get a little clumped in some moments in this one uh how could you not right there was some really great acting and done so overall i I do think it was like a really great finale um but like you say i mean like if there wasn't a season two i would be feeling really unsatisfied right now but um but there is so luckily we will get more answers next year absolutely Okay, well let's uh, let's dive in, and I'm sure more of this will come to the forefront as we discuss the. Yes, specifics. for sure. Uh, we are picking up in episode eight, right where episode seven left off, uh, which is uh, with Joyce and Hopper uh, having been captured at the lab when they were trying to sneak in to get to the portal. So so Joyce is locked in a cell at the lab, and Dr. Brenner comes in to question her about, like, how she was able to contact Will from the other side. And he gives her this, like, you know, this spiel that's kind of familiar, actually, because he gave a really similar one to um, Mike's parents in the last episode about, like, you know, this creature has taken six people. Your son is in danger. There's going to be more people taken. I need, I want to save them, but I can't do it without your help to kind of like coax her into giving him information. Exactly the same as he did with Mike's parents. But Joyce was so different in her response. It was amazing. She was like, you can go straight to hell, Brenner. (laughs) Like not afraid (laughs) at all. She's in this like windowless room. Yeah. She was like, I know you. I know who you are. Yeah. I just loved it. And it was like, especially because like we actually talked at length in our last podcast about how, you know, this communication style that Dr. Brenner has and how Mike's parents, even though Karen was creeped out by him, they just kind of went with it. And Joyce isn't. Yeah. I mean, this is a woman who like knew that that was not her son's body in the morgue. You know, she's just so good at like sticking by her guns and not letting herself get talked down by authority or scary figures or police or military. Like, it's really impressive that she's just like, no, (laughs) it doesn't really matter what level of power you have over me because I'm just going to use the truth. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like, what are your thoughts? Like, what what do you think that Joyce was saying when she said, like, you took my son? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because I really, I I find this came up a couple times in this episode specifically. So we know she knows that Eleven was taken because obviously she went to Eleven's like mom's place. I feel like she thinks that Will was taken by Dr. Brenner. And I don't know if that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously she can't know 
like how, um, you know, Will ended up in the whatever. But it's like there is a difference because like Eleven was taken to turn into this like weapon or mm-hmm. listening device that became a weapon or whatever. Um, whereas Will just kind of, I think, really ended up in like the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, you know, and is is one of six people who that happened to. R.I.P. Barb. Um, Barb. <laughs> like it's the same kind of thing, you know. Like, but was not taken by Brenner in that way. But it seems to be what she's accusing him of. But what, like, do you think that, or do you think that makes any difference? I mean, ultimately, it's not like Brenner's not responsible. He is responsible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think that that's a really good point. It isn't one that I jump to immediately. Although now that you're like laying it out for me, I can definitely see how that might be the case. Uh, And I actually remember thinking to myself, well, that's a weird way to say it. But in my notes, I wrote down, Joyce says she knows that Dr. Brenner's responsible for Will getting taken. Like I wrote down kind of what actually happened, despite the fact that that's not what she said. Mm -hmm. So I kind of really took it um, to to be like, you're responsible for him being taken. But that's a good point. I mean, maybe, maybe she does think I ultimately don't think that it makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. So here's the like giveaway that the reason I bring it up that it was reinforced to me at the end is at the very last scene. So I won't get too far into it in or not the last scene rather, but the scene in the cop station at the end with Hopper where he takes the food. They open that scene with a, a pan out from mm-hmm. a newspaper article. The newspaper article. Yeah. yeah. And in it, it speaks about how Joyce accuses Brenner of taking her son like the same language oh used I d- you know what I didn't read the article that was I uh, other than like the the headline but that's a really good point and it's part like it's a month later and it's like it's interesting that she's still because I I really want to talk about it and I think we should get through first and then talk about it but how the monster figures into it because it's it's I think really interesting how it's handled um, for sure. Like, I mean, like that's yeah. such a great point because I mean, ultimately, how are they going to explain right how how Will is back? I mean, like, I mean, it's much easier to explain that Will was stolen by these clandestine scientists in order to do experiments, and they faked his death, and then they actually found a recovered Will, which kind of is, you know, similar to what happened, except instead of being taken by scientists, he was taken by a monster to a different dimension, which is a much harder sell to, like, (laughs) the casual newspaper reader, I would think. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good (laughs) point. Although, I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but, like... You know, when when we get to these scenes and we talk about it, like, I mean, Hopper Hopper was really clear that, you know, Joyce had to not I know. speak about the lab's involvement. So what does that mean? The fact that she I did not follow through. I have a million questions through. about that, too. Yes. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, absolutely. So why don't we, let's keep going and then we'll come back to that one because I completely – Hopper's behavior through this whole thing, I just have Ag- Agreed, too, so. for sure. <laughs> Um, so we are about 45 seconds into the show. <laughs> so we will push on. Um, so in the other room, Hopper is also being interrogated a little bit more roughly with uh, with some tasing. Um, so they ask him what he knows and he knows everything. And he's defiant through this whole scene. It's like, yeah. like, I don't know what Hopper knows that we don't know that is causing him to act the way that he is in this scene. If it's just his bravado or if it's like, I mean, 
so they're like, they're telling, they're like, tell me what you know. He says, I know everything. I know about the experiments. I know about the kidnapping. I know you killed Benny. You faked, like, he knows everything. And, and, um, so they have like needles with drugs in them. And they're like, oh, you're just another junkie who took one too many pills. Mm-hmm. So they were, I have a question about this. Like, they were either going to, kill him and make it look like an overdose or they were going to discredit him by forcing him to get high. How did you read that? I read that one as killing him. Okay, me too. That they had already once tried to like, you know, fake him out by putting him back on his couch on whatever. And then it obviously. Yeah, I wasn't, I, that was the reason why I had the question because we've talked a little bit previously about how sometimes it doesn't seem like they're like going to the links that I would expect this level of like cover up to warrant. (laughs) Um, and so, so we did talk about it last time. Like they shot him in the neck and then he woke up on his couch and, and, and we were like, did they expect him to believe that it was all a dream or, you know, um, So in this uh, in this scene, I really did think that they were gonna they were gonna kill him and try to cover it up by making it look like yeah. He and did had you believe him that he has someone at the times he sent everything to? No. Yeah. Right. Like that's just like a quick. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can't kill me because there's somebody who is waiting for me on the other side. Uh, and I, I mean, besides the fact that like he didn't have any proof, he yeah. doesn't have any proof. Yeah. Like there there wasn't anything. Even if he did have a buddy at the time, so he's like, get this dude cover-ups, et cetera, um, that I feel like that guy would be like, well, get back to me when you have a scrape of evidence (laughs) because he doesn't have the body filled with stuffing. That's, you know, still under somebody's – well, I mean, is it buried? They could exhume that. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I guess we're going down a rabbit hill now. So – but the long story short is I don't think that he actually sure. had somebody at the time. Yeah, I agree. And, and so then they were like, yep, you're going to be a junkie and, you know, like nobody's going to be any, you know, wiser. And then he was like, let me tell you this. That's not how it's going to go down. Where you're going to let us go. You're going to give us everything we need to find Will. And then we're never going to speak of this again. And they were like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, really? So, I mean, just the... The level of, I don't know, it was like borderline cockiness. But is this because he knows he has 11 as a But that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I really think that. But I'm shocked he gives up 11. Like I. I like, I don't think, I mean, I have all kinds of weird tinfoil hat theories about this. But like, I think that we as the viewer and also the lab agents are supposed to believe that, you know, he went he was willing to give up 11 from the beginning like he yeah i don't know you know but i feel like there's more to it because they end up like coming after or like <laughs> because why um <laughs> i guess i don't know i just like well number 1 i guess i just don't i don't believe that hopper would ever give up 11 willingly okay so he skipping like the next, you know, couple of scenes and then going to that. So he does. He tells yes. Brenner where Eleven is, right? Yes. So, and that he'll, like, they won't say anything if, like, and they, like, he and Joyce won't say anything about it if, if um, he tells them where Eleven is, they're going to let them go into the, whatever, the upside down. Um, Dr. Brenner assumes that they'll die there, is my guess, right? Because everybody else has been killed immediately as soon as they go in. So I feel like he's kind of like, okay, I get 11 plus, you guys just go to your deaths and you're out of my hair anyway. I know. Okay, so 
I really just, ah, this is going to be Barb all over again. <laughs> that I have. I'm really excited. Oh, no, no, no. Well, okay. But like, I really kind of think, okay, so jumping all over. So to like really, really far in the episode that, you know, Hopper in the woods leaving Egos for Eleven yeah. because Eleven is alive. I, I'm not saying she's not, for sure. Like, I definitely think she could be. I don't fully get the food in the woods, and it, I, we definitely need to talk about it, but yeah. I know. Okay, so I'm jumping ahead. But okay, I really kind of think that there is just a, a massive like conspiracy. A, like, okay. I mean, he could have been in that room talking to Eleven in his head. Right. You know, like, I, I think that there has to have been more to that plan than a simple willingness for... um for Hopper to sacrifice a child, a little for girl, like his, like yeah. his own, you know, I just, yeah. I don't, don't get me wrong. I think that he um, showed in this episode, especially how hard hitting it was for him to, you know, like witness Absolutely. Will in yeah. such dire straits and how he like really would have done anything to save him. But I really don't think that that anything would include the sacrificing of one child for another. And I think that the dead giveaway was, was when he was like, you know, we'll never speak of this again, and you have to promise not to hurt those boys, and then you can have your science experiment. You know, mm-hmm. that, like, disdain for her, what yes. I thought was a dead giveaway that he, yeah. like, this was all a ploy of some kind, but I don't know how he worked it out. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I mean, L could be talking to him. I, I agree. I mean, I don't think... It's not, it's not at all true to his character. Like, this is, you know, it would be so crazy. And so, and, you know, they walk, he and Joyce, Joyce doesn't understand why they've been let go, and they're walking through the hallway, and he says that they've come to a great agreement, and if she wants Will back, they can never say anything. And Joyce is just as surprised by that sentence. But, it's, of course, it's delivered amongst a bunch of military police, right? Like, it's but, not and, like they're talking independently at that time. Right. And and um, he de- he never tells Joyce, you know, like, I, I gave up the kid who yeah, you just does. spent the entire last episode comforting and willing to sacrifice the opportunity to make contact with your own son in order to ensure that she is not in a situation that makes her overly afraid or overly uncomfortable. Like, you know, there's no way that Joyce would have gone along with that. It's just like, this is where I'm struggling with this this episode, though, is that there is an overall lack of concern for Eleven towards the end. Like, I recognize that Will is then saved But even like when the boys rush into Will's room and they're telling him everything that's happened, like it's like, like then they mention that Elle is gone now. Like, why does Joyce not care? Her son is now safe in a bed. She knows there's another child somewhere. Like, where does, where does everyone think that this girl has gone other than Hopper having a connection? I agree. But like, it's just like, why is this just okay that this other child is gone all of a sudden? And I just like, I don't. I don't understand that part of it. Not that they could find her, but there doesn't yeah. even seem to be like a yeah, it's moment a good, of it's a really good point. recognition of that. Right. Um, and maybe I guess, I guess the only thing that I, I mean, so the boys, 100%, I agree. Um, like the, the boys are like, we had a friend and she's gone now. And don't get me wrong. There's, uh, there's definitely moments yes. of sadness that the boys have for the loss of Eleven in the course of the episode. The only thing that I could think about Joyce, because you're right, like that's really out of character for her as well, is that perhaps it's like, you know, same night. They're in the same mm-hmm. clothes. Um, 
I think they are at least the boys. Yeah, no, are. I think it is too. It's later, yeah. Later so, night for sure. so the yeah. only thing that I could think of is just is just that Joyce doesn't know that yeah. uh, not enough time has passed for her to become concerned about the fact that Eleven is not in her immediate, you know, like vicinity. She probably doesn't even know who's in that waiting room. For all she yeah. knows, Eleven is out there with Karen and Nancy, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, yeah. So many questions. So many questions. So uh, long story short is uh, Hopper is like, um, here's how it's going to go down. And uh, they make a deal to to um, to be released and allowed to go through the portal. Yeah. So then we're back at the school and now it's just the boys and Eleven are in the gym where Eleven's still recovering. Um, and they nancy and jonathan just never said anything like I'm also that's bizarre to by me this too. behavior like i don't i don't get that at all they don't come in and like they're they like listen say, guys stay. you stay here yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so um but 11 does communicate with them that they went to go find the demogorgon um so just kind of setting up that so she knows but i just find that strange older sibling behavior for sure after they were just like we'll tell each other everything <laughs> now they're right. secretly disappeared um and then just that transitions really quickly into um jonathan and nancy actually go to joyce's house which is not where i thought they were going to go i thought they were going to go to the woods me too i thought they were going to set everything up in front of this like tree trunk portal yeah though on a quick side note i know i'm jumping all over the place but like it has become super evident in this episode that no portals are necessary this creature just comes out of like walls and ceilings and wherever the hell it wants pardon me like I thought it answered the question that the guy that the monster can do the portals. Like, yes, I'm sorry. Portal, yes, I yes. mean you're yeah. you're right. I yeah, like I guess what I was saying is that there isn't like um, being tied to a specific place. Right. Like gotcha. the monster yeah. doesn't have to go back to that tree every time. It That's can right. just kind of come and go as it pleases. Go brick walls. Or <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ceilings. <laughs> or exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we just get a scene of them. Um, Bree screwing all the light bulbs in because Hopper had taken them all out. They have the bear trap. It's very like Home Oh my alone. God, I was just <laughs> going to say that. This is just like, <laughs> this is the Home Alone scene, but like deadlier. Yes. That's right. More sinister and with definitely a Walking Dead uh, reference for those of us who are fans of Lucille because the bat with the nails sticking out of yeah, it looks very Nails instead like of barbed Lucille. wire, but definitely that is a Lucille, if ever. I've seen one. Yeah. So we're seeing all of those army surplus things being put to use there. Um, so the only other thing that we um, that we didn't quite mention was that uh, after Hopper and Joyce made the deal in this next scene, they're now putting on hazmat suits. Um, and when Joyce asks why she needs one, she's advised that in the upside down, the atmosphere is toxic. So obviously her mind goes to Will, who's been in there for like a week at this point. Um yeah, I feel like that's yeah. a helpful piece. I mean, I guess we should have known that because they did always suit up, but it's like, that just is like, oh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, I just like, oh. it's like, so Will's not only weak because like food and dehydration, but like the air is not good for him either. Okay. Toxic yeah. air. Does that mean that that regular air is toxic to, to toxic monster? To I feel like very little affects the monster. Right. So, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, that thing was pretty indestructible. That's true. Um, Doesn't even have eyes. Yep, so then, can't even go after the eyes. No, exactly. That's the weak spot. And I really <laughs> did have um, a real moment 
uh, when they were doing when they were doing this slingshot that I was like, I really thought that it was going to be like one of those things where get it like, like get, get it in the perfect, perfect spot. Place. The rock goes directly down its throat <laughs> I definitely and thought then that too. the whole yeah, yeah. thing explodes, you know, like that very Star Wars esque what you're describing. Star right Wars. Now, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um uh, yeah, so they put the hazmat suits on and then they enter the room with the portal. Meanwhile, Dr. Brenner and all of his agents, they n- now have been told by um, by Brenner uh, where Eleven is. So they're all loading up into vehicles and whatever. And then I really wanted to ask about this exchange. So like female agent says to Dr. Brenner, this is a, this is a mistake. And Dr. Brenner says, well, he's gone. That's what you wanted, isn't it? And sh- then she says, well, what if they find the boy? And he says, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was really like, what? Okay, so who's the guy that they're talking about that they wanted gone? Hopper? That's what I heard, like was reading it as. Because she seems to be the orchestrator of the you're going to be overdosed and die plan. Because she was the one working with interrogating him, right? So he's like just I, saying, like, you wanted him dead, now he's going to die. But yeah. And she's saying, well, what if they find the boy and get out? And he was like, well, that's never going to happen. Okay. Yeah. That's how I read that. Like, I feel like... I feel like uh, Brenner is the one scientist, I am using air quotes, in a military complex. Like, I feel like that woman is a spy or, like, military background or something. And she's, like, super ruthless, um, which I think also comes out in, like, the very different treatments of Hopper and Joyce. And I recognize that they're, like, they're different characters, too. But, like, Brenner's approach is, like, that slimy sketchy like mm-hmm. trust me and i'm just trying to yeah in the name he's of like science. a salesman y'all yeah, you know what i mean trying he's to save tr- people here yes. like i really feel like in his mind he's justifying this as like we are making advances in science yeah. and even when he says about the monster he's like it's an animal we can predict it's it needs to feed like he's like reducing it from this like scary unknown to like scientific it's an animal. i absolutely agree and we saw that a little bit later in the episode too when like when he finally reunites with 11 yeah and he was genuinely surprised when Eleven wasn't happy to see him. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I really think that you're right that he has like twisted this work in that he's doing in his mind and be like, we're doing good work. It's for a greater good. It's all for, you know, it's all for a grand purpose. That's right. And he's really not looking at the fact that he is fucking evil. Yeah. And I really feel like he, yeah. like, this is my theory for the end of it, like, is that he becomes the scapegoat because it's like, this is every, they can just be like, oh, we had this nutjob scientist um, working for us, where I actually think the military police in this case are just as dangerous in this woman who was just going to, like, murder, who I think is in charge of all, like, the murdering. That's <laughs> the, like, dead body. Head of murder department. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, like, I really feel like it's, like, you know, you wanted this meddlesome cop gone from, like, your spy perspective. And he is now going to die in the Upside Down because everybody right. does. Fair enough. Okay, perfect. And then we have credits. Yes, as they get into the portal. So after the credits, we're in the Upside Down um, and Joyce and Hopper are kind of walking together and she starts hyperventilating um, and isn't able to like breathe properly. So Hopper is coaching her to breathe slowly in and out. And this is where we get these 
first of these super touching, yeah. incredibly devastating flashbacks with um, Hopper in his kind of former life. Um, so this first one is he's with um, his young daughter. She's got blonde pigtails. She's like the most adorable like actress I've ever seen. <laughs> like that little yeah. girl was just like <laughs> so cute. He's with his wife. Um, and he's like chasing her and she suddenly starts to hyperventilate and they're really surprised by it. And you can see him coaching again. He's trying to get her to slow her breath down, um, in the same kind of way, which then cuts back to where they are now. And Joyce has like reacted to his coaching and has calmed down. Yeah. So more of those flashbacks will come. But yeah, I just, I was happy to see some of his backstory. I thought that was really well woven into this story. I really agree. And like we talked um, several times throughout the course of the season about how like, you know, Hopper is all in. He, He was, you know, doing whatever it takes, whether it was like beating up a guy in the back or, you know, yeah. pistol whipping a security guard. Did he do that? Yes, he did, right? Yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, like, he he really was full tilt into this investigation. And I think that um, in addition to just being a good cop who was looking for answers, you know, this really kind of showed us why it was so important to him to find this kid. Yeah. Because, I mean, we knew, obviously, that Hopper had lost a child, but it's different when you hear about it in the abstract as this, like, you know, this thing that happened to him. Um, But we don't really kind of see how it made him the person he is now. Um, And these flashbacks, they do so much um, to kind of show us what he's lost and why he is who he is right now. I thought it was really, really nice to see and, like, really heartbreaking. And I just, okay, I really like your idea that, like, there's some sort of communication that happened between them or that we didn't see or something. Because I just, I completely agree. And then if you take everything at face value, which I'm not saying we should because I agree, like, there's got to be something else. But it's just, like, that he just gave up this girl to that, yeah, like, entire, you know band of people who are so ruthless that they're willing to kill people and fake people's deaths. I mean, he knows that they're incredibly dangerous. And so, like, what did he think was going to happen there? But he definitely sent them to the school knowing the kids were there. I know. So that was – that's the only thing that – that's the only thing that um, gives me pause um, is that he sent them to a place where the boys are too. But, um, okay, so ultimately, like, I have – Lots of unformed thoughts about these theories and whatever. Like, I really think that right now, I think that Hopper was communicating with Eleven and somehow they were um, in on the plan together. I think that the plan involved Eleven essentially faking her own death um, or, uh, I don't know, like essentially an escape um, from her in, in some way. And then I also think, I mean, then Hopper is obviously aware of that um, because he is feeding her. He knows that she's still alive. I don't know that this is actually the case. This is just Mm. what's running through my brain, right? So she's still alive in my mind, at least. He is feeding her. And then the only other thing that I could think of with like Hopper being picked up by who I assume to be agents from the lab is maybe the, the people from the lab know that she's not dead. And Hopper is essentially a go-between. 
But in the like before all of that happens, he makes a decision in the lab to give them up, knowing he's sending like he didn't even give them a fake location, which he could have done. But but did Hopper go to that lab knowing they'd be caught? Right. I mean, why would Hopper go back and do the exact same thing that didn't work for him last time? That's out of character for him, too. Like, maybe he went back to that lab and he didn't fill Joyce in because Joyce might say it's too risky or, you know, I don't know. Um, but he he didn't want Joyce to come with him in the first place. Maybe he had this all planned out. That he was going to go do an incredibly, like, shoddy job of breaking in. He knew that he was going to get caught, but that's the only way that he'd be able to get into the portal anyway. He knew that there was no way that he would actually be able to circumvent all of their security and all of their cameras and actually get into this area to go to the portal. So his only option was to get caught on purpose, have a plan of how he was going to negotiate his way through the portal with their blessing. Yeah, I just like, either way, it's an incredibly risky plan in terms of the number of children you put at risk. And it just doesn't, totally like, it doesn't agree. seem like him. I totally agree. Like, I, don't yeah. think he fully, I don't think he fully gets Elle's powers mm-hmm. because he hasn't been with Eleven very much. Like, it's not like he's like the boys and has seen all of this stuff other than he knows like she could break the arm and stuff. But he left her in such a weakened state. Um, and what she ends up having to do to defend them against all of those people like, almost kills her too. Except... But let's just think about it for a minute because Hopper didn't know the creature was going to show up. So in Hopper's mind, he has people that he has. Right, well, even before the oh, creature shows yeah. up, what she has to do to get rid of like the woman and all of the guys. You're right, is, like, you're right, you're right. so intense. Um, and it's so dangerous. Like they get cornered um, and they have no idea. And like if Elle knew they were coming, wouldn't they have like, like hidden better or something like i really feel like he genuinely gives the kids up and hopes for the best these are really strong points that you're making but it's hard like i but it doesn't that so doesn't jive with his character and the fact that we see these scenes with his daughter i just i can't fully get it i totally agree there is something with the car that picks Mm -hmm. him up the way he's putting food in a thing like there's definitely something happening there um, and I think that the idea that they could be communicating or that he could be trying to transmit thoughts and even hoping that she picks those up. I just, no matter whether you went to the lab thinking this would happen or you just, you you did it, what you had to do to get into that portal, knowing Will was in real dire trouble. Either way, I feel like you were really like, okay, kids, I really hope you can handle this because I am sending huge SWAT teams of military police to your location, to your real location. Like, I feel like you should have been like, oh, we were two towns over planning it. <laughs> you should go now. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I thought, I thought I really didn't think that he was going to send them to the real location. Yeah. I was expecting it to be a decoy or whatever. But I mean, uh, so you raise really good points and you're poking some really valid holes in this like <laughs> – crazy tinfoil hat theory that I have. And at the same time, in the same way that I refuse to accept Barb's death until it literally stared me in the face twice. I just... I'm pretty sure even after it stared at you in the face and like a slug came out of its mouth. I know. Like one face stare and I was like, you know what? I'm still holding that hope. And then the second face stare, I really had to accept (laughs) it. Also, the end of the end of the season kind of hit that home for me. Um, but yeah, so I am really, I'm really holding on to my belief that even if it was a bad plot, there there was a plot right. to 
there's something there. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm poking holes only because I, but I agree because Absolutely. this character seems too good deep down to have been that callous about it. So whether it's because he knew that she could handle herself, they were communicating, or there was like a third plan that was done off camera and away from us or something, there is something going through his mind as to why he decided to do that. Um, because you don't get these like incredibly emotional flashback scenes and you get one kid back at the sacrifice of the other slash maybe even more. Like who knows, you know, um, what he put Dustin, Lucas and Mike at risk of. He knew how many kids were there. So yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Okay. On. So I don't even know where we are at this point. I think we're about the third scene in. Um, so uh, uh, Joyce and Jonathan, it's just a really quick scene that they're like, um, sorry, Jonathan and Nancy at Joyce's place, they're talking through their plan. So they've set up a plan where they're going to catch the creature in the bear trap. And then uh, they cut their hands with blood to lure them. Uh, Jonathan kind of hesitates at the last minute, but Nancy's like, she's she's uh, going for it. Um, and in the gym, Mike wants to go and look for Nancy, but Lucas and Dustin, they point out how weak Eleven is, to your point, right? She's like super weak after the bathtub. Um, and so they insist on just sticking to the plan of waiting in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> also, Nancy is a badass now, which is pretty accurate. So, uh, they're like, you don't have to worry about her. And then Dustin leaves to go find chocolate pudding. Which is a great, yes. <laughs> the, the lunch lady is hoarding uh, that's it. That's right. And he's going to go find it. <laughs> that's Dustin's own conspiracy theory. Uh, so then we're back at Joyce's and Jonathan and Nancy are waiting for the creature to show up. There is like an intense staring bandaging scene where they're like looking at each other um, emotionally. And it's like Jonathan is on the verge of saying something when there is a banging at the door. And it's Steve. Ah, Steve. <laughs> you're the plain uh, worst, Steve. Steve. I know you're trying to retiring. redeem yourself, but God. Epically trying to redeem himself at this point. So he's like, it's, it is pretty crazy. I mean, it kind of works. Yeah. I mean, he's just like so genuine. I know. Like, I just, yeah, I can't get over this like Steve change. But anyway, so he's like, he just really wants to apologize. And even I thought he was going to then freak out when Nancy answers the door and he really doesn't. He's just like, I am here. Uh, I want to talk to you both, basically. Um, and he's being really insistent. She's trying to get him to leave. She won't open the door. And that's when he sees her hand. And then he's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> it would be a pretty hilarious scene to, like, walk in on. I actually really liked how these next couple of scenes played out. Just because it's, like, so I, crazy. I I agree. I really liked how they played out with with you know, one exception, which I'll, which I'll mention okay. when we get there. But yeah, like, so I, I think, I think it was really hilarious. Like he bursts yeah. through the door and it's like a bat filled with nails and the whole place yes. is gas. And <laughs> like, they're like, they're like going he up was some like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it gets more and more intense. And eventually like Nancy is trying to save Steve here by getting him to leave. Of course, he does not realize that. And yes. so she pulls the gun on him. <laughs> I just like, like I'm like, what? Whoa. And, and she's like so intense that she's like counting down as if she's going to shoot him. And it's like she doesn't even notice, but all of a sudden the lights just go completely nuts. Right. Um, Which Jonathan in that same scene has has told Nancy that. That's right. The lights. When, that that is an alarm system. The creature is here when the lights start flashing. That's right. Which we know of, as viewers. But of course, Nancy wouldn't know that. Yes. Although it does help explain why the place is strewn with ridiculous lights. Exactly. 
uh, when she said, whoa. Um, right. So, yeah, so the lights are going crazy, which we have seen before. And then the monster comes in through the ceiling. Uh, so, obviously, so they, Steve is just like, so surprised, which is hilarious. And luckily, he jumps over the bear trap because I really, that was. Yes. Like. As they're running down the hall, Jonathan's like, yeah. jump. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Imagine, like, Steve caught in the bear trap. It would just be, like, a disaster. That could have gone Very horribly badly. wrong. Yeah. Um, and they run um, But Steve's really, I mean, like, to his credit, he's just, he's rolling with it in this completely. scene. I mean, he's freaking, he's freaking out, rightfully well, so, but so he's like, okay, bedroom it is. <laughs> let's, let's go. Bear trap? No problem. Like, Got the worst thing that's happened to Steve in the past few days is that he, well, he got the shit kicked out of him mm-hmm. by Jonathan. But it's just like, he has been so immune to what is happening yeah. in Hopkins over the past couple of days. Like... Um, and because, like, Nancy completely cut him out when she realized what was going on with Barb and, like, nobody, he hasn't been privy to any of this stuff. Right. So, like, to show up at this moment and be thrown into it, I just find is, like, so funny. Um, when there's literally, like, a monster coming through the ceiling, lights going crazy, this epic Home Alone, like, trap house built, like, um, and yeah, I agree with you. He ends up in the bedroom and he's just like, what? Um, it was just really funny the way that they did it. Uh, so then they're in the room and suddenly the lights, they can hear, like, you can hear the noise of, um, and, like, suddenly there is no more noise. There's kind of, like, an electrical surge sound. And then it seems the lights aren't going crazy anymore and it's way too quiet. So uh, it seems as though it's gone all of a sudden without getting caught in their awesome trap. So we will come back to that scene for sure. Uh, and then, so in the Upside Down, Hopper and Joyce, they're still searching for Will, of course, and they come to Will's fort in the woods, but it's in shambles now. We saw it get blown apart by the creature at the end of last episode. And there is some kind of, like, hatched egg. Yeah. Like, what is the egg? Yeah. I, uh... It's funny because the first time I watched this, I was actually kind of multitasking. Um, so I did not catch that. So it was the second time that before I saw it. And it's big. Like, it's like over like knee high. Um, yes. It's nothing good. No. <laughs> okay, so I had two different reactions. Both of them ridiculous. The first is I was like, Will hatched out okay. of an egg. Not, not, no joke. I was just like, was Will in that egg? Is he now like a creature? Spawn. Interesting. Okay. Um. I, that one is... Okay. <laughs> There's no bad series, Jess. There are no bad theories. <laughs> Attention listeners, there are no bad theories. Absolutely. There are incorrect theories, but everything's that worth pursuing. Yeah. Also, um, I th- although the egg is not the appropriate size for this, probably, but the thing, the thing, this like tube snaky thing... That was down Will's throat. Yeah. Like, that seemed to be alive when they pulled it out. I was like, maybe that is, like, a creature hatchling. No, like, okay. I will absolutely... There is something reproductive about the whole I thing. I think so, too. Like, right? Like, there's got it, like... It's, again, with, like, Will coughing up one of these sluggy things in the bathroom, which is not good. Exactly. Um, Like, there is... Like, why would he be kept alive enough? Like, he wasn't eaten by the animal. Like, he's got... It's like he's some sort of incubator or something. And yeah, like, did an egg... So I guess, like, when I was thinking... uh, Like, I agree. Either Will is being used to hatch something or, like, incubate something. 
Or um, I guess this would make more sense if he was if it was a cocoon and not an egg. When I was thinking that like that was like that like Will himself was in it. I mean, I guess I was thinking like I I guess an egg doesn't really make sense. But you know how you know if you're in a cocoon and he's evolving into something else as a result of whatever has right. been done to him. So it's either like him breeding something else or him being bred into something Yeah. Else. Yeah, no, I think yes. that's a good point. Exactly. One of those two things, I think. Yeah, or like something breeding in him and using him as like, yeah, exactly. But the egg thing, I don't, like that is a huge egg. Do we think that the monster that we were seeing over and over again is female in the like and it's huge like how would it carry an egg that big and it not be i mean it's like very thin like the actual creature itself i don't know i mean i really i i guess i'm really getting hung up because it's very egg shaped but maybe it's not an egg oh i think it's an egg i like Mm. it even had like the insides like an egg like it was very egg seeming maybe there's like a different i mean we know so little about this world, and I think this is part of what is going to be absolutely, obviously, covered in season two. But it's like, is that the only creature that lives in the Upside Down? Like, is that the only creature of that, its yes. kind? Or, yeah. We have talked about that before. Like, yeah. what was this thing eating before it before it had the um, portal to go? Is I it mean, like the bottom of the totem pole? Like, right. Is it like there's a huge snake? Like, maybe there's... Like, maybe it's just, like, a minion that does things for, like, a much bigger, more snake-like creature. Snakes have eggs. And, like... (gasps) Maybe it's the baby. Right. Like, we think it's the big scary thing, but maybe it is, like, not even anything compared to what is actually out there that we didn't see. Interesting. Okay. So... Mystery of the egg. The egg continues. Um, So Hopper sees a stuffed animal in the rubble of um, Will's fort. And so this brings on another flashback of him in the hospital where his daughter has been admitted and she's holding a stuffed animal similar to the one that he sees. And he's reading her a story. And then there's a cut to him alone in the stairwell crying. Um, And then he's brought back to the present by Joyce calling for Will. And after he like has this flashback, he really kind of, he seems to like, you know, resume the search like with um, a lot of, uh, a lot of effort like i think that yeah. throughout this entire um search and experience he's really you know feeling the loss of his daughter and then it becomes more and more urgent yeah. for him to yeah. get to will more quickly uh yeah i mean it's a big change right because the first flashback was his daughter obviously healthy or at least maybe on the verge of not being healthy and then this one it's just she's mm-hmm. so obviously yes. so sick yeah so she is it's, you know uh, she's yeah. bald in this flashback um, which yeah. I assume would be the result of chemotherapy or, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're both so emotional yes. about it. Like, both yeah. he and his wife are in tears. Like, yeah. No, it's pretty rough. Um, so then we're yeah. back with Jonathan, Nancy, and Steve. Um, Steve is definitely freaking out at this point. The monster no. is definitely seems to have left the lights yes. are all, they go out through the hallway it's not there but they're looking around um steve can't figure it out and nancy is just like such a badass so like so on mission in this scene like it's amazing and she's like it's coming back so you need to go um and kind of old steve typical steve runs out to his car and leaves them and as he's trying to get into his car we see the lights like going again it's just like such a cool indicator because you can they can do so much with those lights flashing on and off like um so they can't find like it's like that 
Jonathan and Nancy are looking for it. They can't find it. And suddenly it's behind Jonathan and it manages to like get him and he drops the bat. So it like kind of pins Jonathan and it opens his mouth and it like drools on him. Um, And I was like, the second time I saw it, I was like, is this kind of like getting to that thing of like that cocoon that Will ends up being in? I was like, it's like something like that about to happen. But then I like, yeah. Like that it like spurt stuff out of its mouth and into him and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And I don't think we've mentioned either. Like Nancy has like opened fire on it now like twice. Uh, And bullets seem to do absolutely nothing. Yes. Like they, it's like they don't make any difference to it. Like she seems to be hitting it. She's pretty close. Yeah. Agree. Um, I like 100% she's hitting it. and. She just, it just does nothing. It yeah. Uh, she runs no. out of bullets and it's not even making a dent. Yeah, it, it barely it doesn't even react other than it's like annoyed and it turns to her and then Steve Steve <laughs> Steve has come back uh and he beats it in the side of the head with Jonathan's bat. So I think we kind of talked about this last episode that Steve might save one of these two people and he basically yes. saved them both. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, 100%, I definitely feel like I'm glad that Steve came back in this episode, given what we've seen of him in the past. Mm -hmm. I would have been disappointed, and I would have felt like, what was the point if Steve's whole storyline was just that he was a dick, and then he was not a dick anymore, right? right? Like, the fact that he um, has this redemption story is what brings him back, and, you know, like, he um, saves Jonathan and Nancy. At the same time, I'm a little bit disappointed, you know, because... Because, like, um, I'm upset on t- that Jonathan's moment gets stolen from him by <laughs> Steve. Um, so on the one hand, it's like, you know, it is kind of bringing Steve's storyline to sort of a tidy end, you know, and so we're on, on the way to a tidy end. And at the same time, I'm disappointed that Jonathan, you know, that this moment gets stolen from him and whatever, and not truly stolen because it was obviously written in yeah. such a way, like the show was written in a way that has Jonathan losing the bat and almost, you know, eaten by the creature. And then Steve comes in and save them. But I just like, I would love it if, you know, Jonathan could do the saving, if Jonathan could be the strong one. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I mean, I mean, I was dis- disappointed that it's Nancy and Steve at the end. Spoiler alert. And I knew, I knew it as yeah. soon as, as soon as he walked back in the house. That's right. And, and and I think, I mean, I think one of the things I like about Jonathan is that he's not the same, like, saver guy that, like, Nancy is able to be like, no, we're going to cut ourselves. Like, even when he's trying to be kind of chivalrous, mm-hmm. she's just like, what are you doing? You know? Yes. Um, and so, like, they're very different people, and, I mean, who knows what will happen in the future. But I do think, like, if Steve had not been there in this scene, there is no way he and Nancy could be together. Because how could you ever have such a huge void between the two of you of different experiences? You know, like... I completely, completely agree. I think that ultimately, ultimately, I think that, like, credit to the show, because I think that they wrote it in a way that was different than... Um, like what the sort of classic tropes would have you see happen, yeah. which is probably why I'm hanging up on it a little bit because 
uh, that's what I'm used to. So I think that, like, ultimately, if Steve had never shown up, what we would have seen happen is, like, Jonathan and Nancy have a moment when they touch hands when they're wrapping the bandage. And then Jonathan actually gets to say what he's going to say. And then maybe they kiss in that moment. And then the creature shows up and, you know, between the two of them, they have this, like, crazy experience. And hopefully they get to save the day. And then at the end, they're the happy couple and Steve is still a dick. You know, but um, but that isn't what happened. Right. And honestly, like we saw earlier in the season that Steve was becoming kind of a jerk um, and then getting progressively more jerkish. And um, in that moment, I was like, oh, he's he's you know, he's not the love interest anymore. Jonathan is. But if that were the case, then he would have stayed a jerk. They only brought the redemption story back because you know, they were going to have Steve and Nancy end up together instead of Nancy and Jonathan, which is kind of a nice, um, although hard to swallow, twist on what a normal, this storyline would normally go like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And uh, like, it's like Nancy grew so much, but maybe not quite enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, she gets accused by Jonathan of like, oh, you just want to you know, like, be just like your mom and live on the cul-de-sac and do the whatever. Like, I think there's still elements of, like, class and popularity at underlying all of it. So that when you add to, like, if Steve is not a jerk, then he also has, like, a beautiful home and, like, his parents are really wealthy and he has two parents. Like, I don't know. I feel like she's still attracted. Like, there's parts of her that are still attracted to that or she thinks are still attracted to that. Um, and then the fact that he's not a jerk anymore, he's and, like, it's like, okay, and, I'll go with that. Yeah, I do think that it's like, you know, even me, who's been like s- shitting on Steve this whole season, I mean, like, even I, you know, when he like came and asked her to the movie when she was swinging the bat around or whatever, and I was like, oh, he yeah. really knows how to turn on the charm. Like, he, you know, he's. He like he even won me over a little bit. So I'm like, I'm disappointed for Jonathan, but I think they did do a really good job of redeeming Steve. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh so yeah, so they Steve is hitting it and the creature ends up stepping in the trap, which is what they were trying to do. And then there's a great scene where Jonathan comes in and throws the light lit lighter onto the fire and the creature goes up in flames. Yeah, at least um, Jonathan has a moment there. That's right. He's the one who burns it, although that still doesn't kill it but um but I, I really liked how then this interacted between the like real world and the upside down because as soon yes. as the creature goes up in flames joyce and hopper who are in the woods hear it from afar because they're not very far from joyce's house because that's where the castle buyers thing was um and so jonathan eventually puts out the fire with that epic uh fire extinguisher they stole but by that point, the monster is gone, and there's only a bit of, like, slime left on the trap. Um, yeah. But then you get this really cool back-and-forth scene. Yes, which I, I really loved it. And again, it really kind of gave us a bit of insight, though I still have questions. I'll try to temper my questions a little bit, because I, like, I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but... I mean, so we really kind of get some insight into what it would have been like for Will when he was trying to communicate with Joyce. Yeah. Um, so I definitely have questions in the in what they showed us where, um, you know, you can – it seems as if you can hear spe- people speaking from the real world, you know, in the Upside Down. 
But then as they're walking throughout the house, like Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, they see the Christmas lights light up as they're stepping through. So it isn't like a conscious effort that's being made by Joyce and Hopper to activate the lights. It's just Mm -hmm. like the equivalent area in the Upside Down um, is lighting up the Christmas lights in the right side up, you know, in like the real world. Totally. And I really think that there is there is something about the family connection here because it's Jonathan who realizes that they're seeing Joyce and not the monster. Um, Because Nancy says, where is it going now? And he says, I don't think that's the monster. And he's the one who says, mom. And she hears that like statement. Like, so it's like the same thing that she was experiencing and knowing it was Will. It's like it happens again. And it's Jonathan knowing it's her. I don't really agree, to be honest. No? No, I think that honestly, that I think that anybody who was like, I mean, 100%, I I agree that there's a family connection in that Jonathan is more knowledgeable about how this works because of Joyce figuring out how to communicate with Will and whatever. But I don't think that it's specifically because it's them who are family. I think that it's because Nancy and Steve have no knowledge of how Joyce has been communicating previously. Like really just five minutes ago was when when um, Jonathan told Nancy for the first time, the lights will let us know that the creature has arrived. But even Jonathan never saw it, right? Like he, Nancy, or Nancy, Joyce told him and very like crazy sound. No, you're right. Um, You know, the lights told me and she like shows the lights and she has this crazy alphabet written on the wall, but he never experienced it. Um, Like he just described it, you know, he heard her describe it for sure, um, but not in great levels and of detail. I- I, I I completely agree that there was certainly a level like of intuitiveness on Jonathan's part to mm-hmm. de- determine that that was in fact Joyce and Hopper and not the creature. I just don't think that it has anything in particular to do with the fact that they're family and that he was like feeling her presence in some way. Yeah, interesting. I, I definitely feel like it's the same like mm-hmm. powerful... And maybe it's just that he's more right. aware. Like, I'm not saying that, like, they couldn't, obviously, everybody could see that the lights were on in those, like, that. That's true. But Hopper is just, like, mono-focused and doesn't really care. Um, and the other two think it's still the monster. And the fact that, like, Joyce and Jonathan are the ones who are communicating, I think, is of of note. Because I really think it's the same. Like, Joyce would never going to forget that that was Will. That she could feel him and then she couldn't feel him. I feel like it's the same thing that Jonathan is, like, can feel that his mom is there. He can feel that the presence is different. Um, But it absolutely could, yeah. That's fair. I really didn't consider the fact that Hopper, like, did not react in any way whatsoever. And, you know, so maybe you're right. Maybe, I mean, like, is it something about this family in particular that's special? Or... or just like that they are more kind of in tune in tune with each other yeah 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 could be for sure yeah um so hopper and joyce can see that the creature was hurt in their version of the hallway the upside down version of the hallway so presumably the creature has like you know used a portal while stuck in the trap to come back to the upside down and now they're seeing that there's a trail of blood um, on the floor from the creature having been hurt. So as we mentioned, yeah. Jonathan then, you know, realizes as Hopper and Joyce are walking through the house following the trail of blood that the lights that they're seeing are in fact Joyce and Hopper. So as they leave the house to follow the blood, you know, like outside into the street, sort of the light flashes out in the street and, um, you know, Jonathan 
knows that it's his mom and Hopper who have walked through and are leaving. Yep. So then we're back at the the gym where Dustin has found the pudding, uh, which is very important. Yes, it Um, is. (laughs) Yelling to Mike. Um, And there's a scene between Mike and Eleven. And so it's, um, you know, it's Mike as a kid, like just imagining what the future is going to be like when this is all over and they found Will. And it's just like, it's so, you know, sunshiny and positive and how she's going to live with them. And they'll put an actual bed in the basement so she doesn't have to sleep in her little fort thing anymore. Um, And yeah, that she'll be like, you know, part of the family, like a kid or a sister to Nancy, and but not like a brother. He won't be like a brother to her because obviously he has, he wants to take her to the dance. That's right. You can't um, do that with your so yeah, sister. That's right. So yeah, he's just kind of like saying, having his romantic moment that Jonathan never got <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Levin instead. And there's a, you know, really rushed kind of kiss that he gives her, um, which is like, Especially given the way Mike's dad talks about him, like, as if he has zero game at all. You know, it's, like, super sweet. And obviously... Mike, yeah, that takes some courage. Uh, yeah, is very good at conveying his feelings. Um, but that is a very quick scene because it's all over very soon. Um, because cars pull in that he thinks are Nancy and he goes out and, of course, it is the um, lab people. So... Like, a legit full like army. Like, huge number of vehicles. Again, sent there by Hopper, question mark, question mark. Um, so they do manage to kind of evade them for a little while at the middle school, but obviously that many people, they end up getting cornered. So it's that evil female agent and then the others. And then Eleven just, like, like wow, murders them in, like, an incredibly vicious, like, yeah. full-blown way. So Like, eye-bleeding eye Eyeball blood, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, she's witnessed these people kill lots of other people. And I feel... I feel like the the boys were still like awesome, you know, like <laughs> I know. I thought that too. I was like, wow, that was gory and like violent. And I was like, and this is why this girl will never be able to like live with a normal family <laughs> because like I know. Like actually I was thinking through this episode, thinking back to things I've said in previous episodes, and now in retrospect, they're so ridiculous, right? Then I'm like, Oh, Terry Ives is waiting yeah. for her daughter to be returned home. Like, oh okay. this girl's not gonna she's home. She has superpowers and has, like, you know, she has killed. Like, she can't just go and live in Terry Ives' sister's Completely. living room. And, yeah, like, of course, of course she can't yeah. do that. Um. So, yeah. So, everybody <laughs> is dead. Huzzah! The boys <laughs> are like, awesome! Um. Uh, yeah, so just like a really quick scene, Hopper and Joyce are continuing to follow the creature's blood trail. And that takes them into into a building. Is this Does this building have some kind of significance? Is it the school or something? Like, why was there this big... Was it just because it's like a scary-looking building that they're being led into? Or was there significance with the building itself? Okay, but like, not to get too far down the rabbit hole here, but aren't they following the creature's blood from when it got injured at her house? Yes. So then how come it doesn't take them to Hawkins Middle School, which is right where the creature is about to appear now, but it takes them into this weird library building where Will is being, like, bred for whatever. Okay. Like, at what point do they – or did it go there first and then it left there? But it has to go to the physical place in the upside down of where it ends up coming through, right? Like, it's like it's like parallel universe in that sense. Um, correct? Question? I – don't know. You know what I mean? 
Like, does it have to be like, well, that would make sense for the blood thing, right? Like it got caught in the trap and obviously it, it opened up a portal when it was caught in the trap. Yes. So it was the exact equivalent right. area where it ended up. Yeah, right? you're so right. Then, like if they're following its blood, when did it have time to mm-hmm. go into the, like the library or whatever that building is and then get all the way over to Hawkins Middle School, which is where it is just about to appear? Or did they stop following its blood and are they following Will's blood? I like I Or is there two? Or is there two? So the one but the one that shows up in the school is definitely the one that got lit on fire because it's all damaged. Well then there well then there isn't two. At least not at least there isn't two that would explain this particular like you know, question. Right. I don't know. Can it teleport within its own <laughs> portal? Yeah, I don't like know within its own dimension, I mean? Yeah, like, like Or is it just blood from before like it's been bringing dead bodies here or something or like Will was bleeding? Uh, no, 100%. Yeah. It is it like the show has very like very clearly showed us that they are following the blood from being right. stuck in the trap at Joyce's right. house. Well, then yeah. So I don't really know, but that was my thought. Okay, that question goes unanswered. Okay. Um, so Eleven, so she's collapsed now after having, like, killed all of these agents in this really gory fashion. And uh, so the boys are trying to revive her. And then Dr. Brenner, he he arrives and he's like, get away from her. And they, the boys, they have this, like, really adorable, you know, like, moment of trying to guard her. Where they're like, you'll have to kill us first. And then they're like, obviously, incredibly easily overpowered. That's right. And um, and then... Don't make us get our wrist rocked. That's right. And then like Dr. Brenner is... This is the scene I was talking about earlier where he's like, he genuinely believes, I think, that she is going to be happy to see him. That he's like, your papa's here. I'll make it all better. You're sick, but I'll make it all better. And he is incredibly surprised when she calls him bad. And, um, and then calls for, for Mike instead. Like, I really felt like that was super genuine. And so that really made me go back and think about the question that hasn't been answered. And I don't know if it will be answered, if it's maybe a moot point, but we never saw the circumstances under which that 11 escaped. Escaped, yeah. Like, what was it that happened that finally pushed her over the edge? Like, we know, obviously, the creation of the portal and- Maybe she had a, you know, a further encounter with this creature. And I mean, I don't know. But ultimately, from like, Dr. Brenner's perspective, he's like, you're home now, I've got you. And then from her perspective, she's like, you're evil. And I'm never but did going you find back for a there. second, she was like, kind of considering it. And then she's like, no, wait, bad. Like, yeah, when she was like, Papa. Yeah, 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 and then it was like, but I, and I feel like I feel like um, you know, this is probably a terrible analogy to make because you know this is obviously I don't like not a great subject, but I I guess like I could imagine perhaps if it was like the child of an abusive parent where it's like you know despite yeah. the fact that you hate them you can't help that they're your parent and you know and they're doing yeah, horrible I things. Agree. And you're yeah. in weakness, yeah. like she's in ultimate, you know, like she's very, very weak. She just kind of comes to. I agree. Yeah. Um. So just then the lights start flashing and the boys realize that they are surrounded by all of the blood of the agents that Eleven has just killed. So 
the creature has come yes. and burst through the the wall. And so the agents are like not concerned at all with holding the boys hostage anymore. They're just like opening fire on this monster. So they have a moment to to get free. And Dustin in like this incredible incredibly surprising show of strength i know just like yeah p- you know picks picks 11 up and they run and then yeah. dr brenner gets taken down by the monster but does he yeah so what do you think i think no i yeah. think no too i'm with you um that is way too easy and quick a tie- exactly. tidy and ending you don't see it it's like for a guy that big of a role in this um it's way too iffy uh Agreed. A thing. And then, um, spoiler alert, when I paused on the article, there is a reference to a Brenner in that article later on, like as if he's given a quote. Um, So I do feel like he's alive. Yeah. Um, And that's what I think I mentioned earlier. I think they're scapegoating him. Like, I really feel like they, the program is pinning this on this one rogue scientist. And that, like, in my mind, at least, and I can read that piece, but like, I feel like. They're like, we didn't know what he was doing. And they're not, um, you know, standing with him anymore. And like, but yeah, I definitely, even without that article, I just do not think that he is dead. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so they're obviously in trouble. <laughs> in the <laughs> upside down, um, Hopper and Joyce are in this, I am saying library, but whatever this building is. that is. I think you're right. Let's call, let's call it a library. Uh, which, yeah is like some sort of layer or like it has extra of the like gooey uh cocoon like properties that we see in places but it's like really really intense um yeah and there are bodies there r.i.p barb oh barb i really really didn't think that it was going to end this way <laughs> to the very bitter end i was like barb's gonna come out of the woods any day any time now but no sadly no so she's in worse state than she she was when we saw her right like through 11's eyes i thought she looked pretty much the same to me the yeah. same okay so but I, this is where i do feel like something is happening with those bodies right because like we saw the like worm thing slug yes i don't know what to call it come out of her mouth in a, like that piece um so we see will and he's got like something's attached to his mouth slash going down his throat which immediately hopper has a flashback to like a breathing um to being down his own daughter's mm-hmm. throat like there's a real parallel obviously between the two and so he pulls this like thing out oh my of god it's so long so long like obviously it goes all the way down to either like bottom lungs or like stomach right yeah. like it's all the way down yeah i mean if it's breathing then it would be your lungs i don't know what it is but it's definitely well into your body and when he puts it on the floor it moves it's like a giant like a, a slug snake. is the closest thing i've got yeah exactly snake slug obviously he's snug like, by two so he shoots it <laughs> <laughs> all right That just makes it sound really I cute. know. It's not a fitting name <laughs> at all. It's totally not what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So not good news for Will either. But I like my impression of seeing that is like Will is just in a much earlier stage of what Barb ended up being in. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. But okay. we also see like some skeletons and stuff in there too. Yeah. So it's like is some of yeah. them he eats. It. He. It. And then some of them 
are put into incubator mode for the greater power that is in this upside down world question uh, or does the thing inside them eat their way out Ooh. i really went to a gross place there that is, i mean but then like i mean does that mean there's something still in barb mm, oh, moving on yeah. eh. mm. uh okay so the boys they are still running from from the monster and agents are you know opening gunfire um, so they find an empty classroom and they lay Eleven on the table. She is still super weak. And Mike is pleading with her to hang on and the bad men are gone and she'll be able to, um, live with him and eat egos and go to the dance and, and then the fighting gets really close and the creature bursts in through the door. Um, and just like reiterate, machine guns also do nothing to this thing. Like, right. it is like, these are some, this is some heavy firepower at this point. It's not like some handgun. Yeah. It's intense. It is nothing. a whole army. Yeah. Like, I, th- this thing is really hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the boys, like, are surprisingly, you know, like, I wouldn't say calm, but they keep their wits about them. They're like, get the slingshot. You know, they're getting the rocks for the the wrist rocket. And Lucas is, you know, like, he's really scoring some shots. But, like, unfortunately, a rock cannot do what a machine gun couldn't and it really yeah. does absolutely nothing and so there really is this moment where there's like this really slow motion pullback on lucas where i thought that it was 100 percent gonna be a star wars moment where it just like goes into the perfect spot which is also like the independence day moment like really That's there's right. a lot of these moments um but they did not go there uh instead like as soon as the rock hits the creature it gets thrown back and pinned against the wall but of course it's 11 who's like gotten up off the table and is you know walking towards it so she's like you know super pale she obviously doesn't have the energy to do this but she's doing it anyway she's like pulling out all her reserves and uh, mike tries to stop her but she she throws him back and then says goodbye to Mike and turns back to the monster and she says no more. And then when she did you notice this, like she reaches towards the monster and the monster reaches back towards her. Yeah, to her. And she yeah. becomes increasingly like pale and just screams and she like tears the monster apart um, with her powers. And it like it like bursts in this like cloud of ash and then you know she's like totally enveloped in this cloud of ash and then when it's gone she's gone too yeah and there's like a light at the center of the monster or it's like her power is ripping it apart or something but there's like a white yes i really felt that to be like a concentration of powers or something i don't know um yeah i really kind of like took that to be that she like essentially um I don't know. It's it's like if you could make the monster explode, but instead of it being bloody, it was with ashes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So my question in this moment, now with this like last scene that we know about with the you know the egos in the woods, and so I do believe that she's alive. Did she teleport to the upside down in this? And is she stuck? Oh, I never, I never considered that. 
Like if in if in the final moments the monster opened up a portal to try and save itself, because obviously that's how it routinely saved itself, right? Is that it would move itself out of the world that it was in, but it couldn't do that before it became Ash or whatever, and she got brought into that world too, and now there is no more monster. Assuming for a second there are not more of these in like that, she is now in that you know parallel universe without the ability. To come back through because it was opening up the portal. But there's still the portal in the lab, the basement of the lab, right? Right. But is there now that the monster is dead? Oh, I don't know. Like I Oh, that's an interesting theory. My mind did not go to that place. I thought it was deliberate. I thought she deliberately. Is away. Yes. Because she says goodbye. She's like, honestly, like I kind of, I kind of, th- I thought that 100% the show had me fooled. I really think thought that she was dead. Yeah. Um, so these are only thoughts in retrospect now that we saw the ego scene. But 100%, I thought that she had died. And then, of course, I was like, oh, my God, Kim and Jess, like we were talking about how maybe Hopper died. And that would be like the end of his um, storyline. But then I watched this and I'm like, of course, it's not Hopper. He's not the hero of this story. Eleven is the hero of the story. She's right. the one who has the you know, the hero's death. Um, yeah, so, but um, but now in retrospect, now I'm like, okay, I think that maybe she was faking her own death. Or maybe it wasn't, um, maybe it wasn't necessarily a deliberate faking of her death. Maybe she really did go into it thinking she was going to die, but she yeah. has survived and she's not going to make her presence known because she doesn't want to be hunted by the lab for the rest of her life. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. I feel like she didn't fake it because mm-hmm. I don't think, I think her, I think it was like so genuine, her saying goodbye and her desire to live like a normal life and believe what Mike was saying about, you know, it won't take long before we we're able to do that. Like, I really think she thought she had to give up herself to get rid of the monster. So, I mean, like either way, whether it was deliberate or not, I think that maybe it's a good um, you know, thought or a theory or discussion point or whatever about the possibility that she she did teleport or like she went through a portal and is now in the upside down. Um, in my mind, I thought that she would have done it deliberately, which of course then would raise the question that like, is Eleven able to open a portal? I mean, like, or I mean, like, I guess um she opened the first portal with her incredible use of energy. So did this energy or this amount of energy that she expelled in order to destroy the monster potentially open a portal in that, yeah. you know, in that very place? Or hell, did she go to a different place? Like completely? I mean. Right. I don't know. That would not be out of the realm of possibility. I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the point i agree it's hard to say that she's not alive given that someone's eating egos because it's just like such a um the article i read today just as a like non-spoiler is just that the directors the the brothers are not confirming Mm -hmm. that she's back um whereas they are confirming that all of the other 
bigger actors are back in it. But I think that that is, of course, uh, yeah. Agreed. Even like, if she is back, they wouldn't they wouldn't time. say it, right? But like I, I th- I'm pretty sure that they said no less than three times, three separate times in this episode, how much Eleven liked Eggos, or you can watch Eggos, or can we eat right. Eggos, or can yeah. you can eat Eggos, or can we eat Eggos, yeah. or my mom makes better food than Eggos. I mean, like they really pushed on us. Not to mention all of the other, you know, she steals Eggos from the grocery store. And I mean, like she, like they really, really push on us. Eleven equals egos. Totally, and you get the impression that this is not the first time Hopper's left food. There. No, you know what I mean. Like it's not like he's just right hopeful. Like you get the sense of it's like it's. He feels like it's working, whether it is or not. I guess is the next yes. part of the question. But like he has been leaving food there, and it is. Working yeah, it's very and- obvious that he. You know, that he goes there all the time. He didn't have to look for yeah. this box. He didn't look around yeah. to see if someone's, you know, lurking around. Oh, I wonder if, she, I wonder if she'll come to, you know, yeah, like exactly. he knows she'll come. He knows where the box is. He puts the food in. He knows she's alive. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Okay. So, so we're back in the upside down. Will is not breathing. Um, so Hopper is coaching Joyce on mouth to mouth while he is, um, well, he's pumping his heart and so has a flashback again of CPR being done on his own daughter and he and his wife are just looking on helpless and then she dies. Um, yeah, this was a hard scene. Yeah. Uh, and so there's like a lot of like cuts back and forth um, and Hopper just becoming increasingly, um, I don't know, panicked, I guess, um, about the possibility of losing Will. And so he begins just like pounding on Will's chest, desperate for him to wake up. And Winona Ryder was really amazing in this scene mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Um, you know, I did, like I, like we said, we, we, we haven't been reading articles and stuff because we don't want to spoil things for ourselves. But I did see a couple of memes. And one of the memes that I saw was like Winona Ryder um, talking into a ball of lights. <laughs> and then it, And the meme was just like somehow – is able to make this an emotionally impactful It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so she did great in this scene as well. So he is, um, you know, they're both desperate for Will to wake up, and and then he does. Yay. Will is back. Will is back. Will is awake, at least. Um, Uh, Okay, and then we start into a series of scenes that this is where I'm just confused as to, like, what do people think really went down here? Because... Agree. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, so we come into Mike's parents comparing Mm -hmm. the school parking lot. The parking lot is full of EMTs and, like, um, yeah, ambulances, etc. Mike is sitting in the back of an ambulance with a blanket around him, and so there's, like, an emotional, you know, reunion scene for them, too. But it's, like, what... Like the school looks completely shut up, right? There would be like bullet holes everywhere. There's like military police dead everywhere. Uh, there's people who were like bleeding out of their eyeballs. Like what? There's that like weird indent on the wall where the chalkboard is, yeah. where the monster was. Like what yeah. the hell happened? Um, and then, and then in the very next scene, they're at the hospital. Like all of these people who were witness to multiple murders and like army. I mean, you're free to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's a blanket. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I agree. Talking and they're in this hospital. Um, 
Well, okay, so Will's in the hospital and Joyce and Jonathan are there. And then um, he wakes up and he wants to know where he is. And it's, like, really well done by both Joyce and Jonathan, the actors of those people. Like, just how happy they are to have him home safe. So Jonathan made him a new mixtape. And then we're in the waiting room. This is where everybody is. Uh, And nobody's really speaking. But everybody that we've been involved with over the course of the episodes is there. Um, and Jonathan comes out to say to the boys that they can go see Will, which is, I thought really, was super cute. They just like jump right on top of him. Yeah. Was, like, <laughs> completely recovering. And we've referenced this scene already, so we don't have to go into like too much details, but it is, it's like, this is where they're like, um, you know, he's like, I got captured by the Demogorgon. They're like, we know, but it's okay now. And this is everything that happened. And I know they're like boys, but like, there's people you know, in in the room. I mean, Joyce is right there too. And it's just like, I don't understand how there's not more like, okay, well, where's Elle yeah. right now? Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. Um, like I did, um, I thought it was interesting too, um, without getting kind of overly nitpicky, but um, at first when Will said he got me, or um, the Demogorgon, I thought that he had no memory. Like I thought that, um, when he called that creature the Demogorgon, I actually thought that we were back to episode one oh, when okay. Will is um, playing Dungeons and Dragons and he faces off the Demogorgon and then he rolls the dice and nobody sees the number but Will and Will tells um, Lucas, he got me. Right. You know? Interesting. And, yeah. So what I thought was being, what I thought was happening in this moment is that Will waking up with no memory of what went down in the Upside Down is like thinking he's waking up only a short time after their um, game and he is saying the Demogorgon got me like I rolled a seven um, because I was like how would he know to call it a Demogorgon that was something that Eleven used in order to describe this creature in terms that the boys would understand or in a, in a way with her, her limited language that you know Oh, she didn't even use language. She actually used the game piece. Game, yeah. Right? So, um, yeah. So then it was kind of like, I was surprised actually when they were like, we know, we know it's, you know, it was a monster and then we killed the monster. You know, I really thought yeah. that he just had no memory of it. Interesting. I mean, I yeah, I, I'm with you in the sense of like, how would he know to call it that? Other than I think it's been one of the like, positions of the show that it just so closely aligns with Dungeons and Dragons that they just like seem to accept so much of it without questioning it. For but, sure. Like, that's a really fair point. I mean, like there, there is stuff that's just like, you know, virtually, you know, beyond. I mean, the very description of the upside right. down itself is right identical. Um, yeah. So that might be overly nitpicky and it doesn't mean anything. But no, I thought like, and it's a really... Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it, it did kind of hit me too. I was like, but how do you know about the Demogorgon? Right. Um, it's not just like some crazy huge monster. Um, and then there, you see Nancy in the room. So, and then she, it's almost like she's kind of debating something and then she ends up leaving and leaves the boys and Jonathan kind of notices her leaves. So what did you think of, what did you think she yeah. was thinking when that? That was a, that was some foreshadowing for sure. And yeah. like and like I said, um, I 
100% was convinced as soon as Steve came back in the house um, that that, was... that that was a, a done deal, that he she was going to end up with Steve. I did have a moment um, of doubt, though, when, when we, we get to the scene that we haven't talked about yet, but in the future scene when she gives Jonathan a gift at Christmas, and right. then I was like, oh, am I, oh my God, you know, maybe they're going to end up together after all. Like, I did doubt. But yeah, I definitely yeah. read this as her... Uh, debating between Nancy. Jonathan and Steve. I yeah. don't understand that. Uh, and then we've already referenced this scene as well, but we see Hopper leaving the hospital, um, smoking a cigarette, just walking out, and then a black car comes up beside him. There's two guys in it, and they just kind of look at him, and they open the back door, and he gets in, and they drive off. Yeah, they say nothing. And yeah. it is obvious that these are people from the lab, but... What deal has Hopper made with them? What? So I wonder if they're not necessarily from the lab, but from somewhere even bigger, like the CIA oh. or something. And now it's oh. like they're going to step in. And this is where I wonder if Brenner, this is completely, honestly, almost entirely in my mind. But it's like whatever Brenner was doing at Hawkins, it was really kind of just by himself. And now it's like the CIA who maybe has been doing like pieces of this kind of research is going to be like okay, what the hell? Like, that went completely wrong, and now this, like, town is missing all these people, and we have to, like, have an epic cover-up story, blah, blah, blah. And so they were they were reaching out to talk to him for the first time, rather than it being the lab people specifically. Hmm. I definitely feel like, yeah, I mean, okay, so I really kind of get what you're saying there. Um, I feel like maybe it might be a read of, like, Dr. Brenner was the head of this lab. And now he is either dead or being scapegoated, most likely the latter, in which case the the bigger guys, whoever Dr. Brenner would have reported to, um, you know, not necessarily like an, an, an entirely different um, organization. Maybe it's just like the parent organization that funded this lab or whatever. Right. Okay. Sorry. No, that's a good point. So like, it's the same. So this Department of Department of Engineering Lab is obviously not that, right? It's a military kind of, um, you know, spy Soviet thing, which probably means it's CIA. Right. Um, and I do think that Brenner was only a part of what was happening at that lab, because I really think the fact that the rest of the lab was going about its business as usual, I really feel like Brenner was like, this kind of like, extreme experimental side of of whatever that lab was doing um and i don't feel like he was the owner of the lab i feel like he was more like he had a couple million bucks to play with and he just kind of landed in this weird area of pseudoscience rather than what everybody else would be doing um and so yeah so i i guess completely like so if that lab is owned by the cia hypothetically given you know the topic that these are like the cia guys who are like hear from Langley <laughs> right yeah. to be like okay what the fuck just happened yeah. and we now have to Brenner's like, out we're in yeah like unleash a cover up of epic proportions and we know that you're involved um and I feel like Hopper gets in because he's just like yeah I knew this was gonna happen like he's just so smart he's like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be able to just walk away from this <laughs> and we're not all just sitting in a waiting room right going about our business like somebody but I really okay like I 100% feel like a deal was struck 
I do not think that right. it was just like, so I, I think that you're really onto something. Like, so let's say it's CIA. So CIA is essentially coming down. They're doing this epic cover up. They're cleaning up Brenner's mess. Um, and they're probably looking to continue at least parts of whatever the, you know, the overall, um, you know, purpose of right. the project was that Brenner was working on in the first place, whatever. But I think that the fact that, I think that Brenner made some kind of deal, like they're not picking up Joyce. Joyce is also in on everything, right? I think that he has struck some kind of deal in order to like keep the boys out of it and keep Joyce out of it, that he is good. He'll be the one who does whatever they need him to do. So whether it's, you know, like filling them in on specifics of what they know and whatever, or being someone who would perpetuate a story. Um, although Joyce is the one who's being accusatory in the newspaper. So maybe. Um, she is on it in, in that sense. I don't know, but I really think that, you know, this is not, um, yeah, it's related to like whatever the hell went down that he sent those people to yes, school. Yes. Yeah. I think it yeah, is. No, I think that's really, it's the only way to read it in a way that makes sense to me. I just, I don't know what it is, but I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's a, one month later. And uh, it's Christmas. The boys are back in Mike's basement um, playing Dungeons and Dragons. So this whole scene <laughs> really mirrors the very first scene that yeah. we see in the whole series. Um, yeah. So Will is up against a bad guy. It's a, not a Demogorgon this time. I can't remember the name of the monster that they're up against. Uh, the tetrahedron or something. Yeah, the three-headed. Anyway. Yeah. So Will's up against the bad guy, just like he was up against the Demogorgon in the first scene. And so just like he did in the last time, he's asking, like, what do I do? And so last time, if you remember, the boys were really torn. Like, some of them wanted him to play it safe, and some of them wanted them him to, like, go for the kill. And um, If you remember the last time, like he did, he went for the kill, and he missed. And the Demogorgon got him, right? So this time the boys were unanimous, like, we're going to fireball this son of a bitch. And so (laughs) Will does the roll. He gets a direct hit. All of, like, everyone is is celebrating. So, like, that is a a definite, like, um, change in... Yeah. in like in tone for the boys, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, so the boys, it's a direct hit. They have won the game at the end of the ten hour campaign, and yet the boys are like, "Well, that's this can't be it. What about all of these unanswered questions?" <laughs> uh, so so meta, right? Um. So they're like, "What about the lost knight and the proud princess and the weird flowers?" And uh, yeah. They don't answer uh, what happened to any of that stuff. But obviously, those are mirrored with unanswered questions in the show itself. Um, we appreciate that. Thanks, writers. writers. <laughs> little tongue it's a little tongue-in-cheek. nice nod to, like, what we're going through here. Okay, so, I mean, without going into tons of detail, Proud Princess, mm. 11. The Lost Knight, is that questions about Will? Is that Which Hopper? Which haven't been raised yet. Yeah, I okay. would say more Hopper. And the weird flowers, that's the thing that was in Will? Yeah, I would say, like, the yeah. organicness. Yeah, totally. In general, to yes. me, right? Like, whatever is growing in Will, whatever, like, the portal was made out of, all of those things. Um, yep, so answers are coming, I I would think. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned. So yeah. Jonathan comes down to pick up Will and accuses everyone of farting. 
Uh, It was Dustin. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and then Mike looks longingly at the blanket fort, missing Eleven. Mike, I know. I know. Um. Uh. So yeah, they're upstairs, and um, you know, Jonathan will go through the kitchen, and obviously, like they haven't kept a super close relationship with Karen. Um, so that kind of like tips you off too. And then, mm-hmm. um, as they're leaving, Nancy says she has a gift for Jonathan and he's like, Oh, I didn't get anything for you. And she's like, well, you'll see. It's not really a present. And then there's like, it is kind of like a definite, you know, there's tension there or like feelings or something. Uh, right? Yeah, I agree. And this, yeah. yeah, this is the scene where I was just like, Oh, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Um, so she kisses on the cheek. Uh, and they leave and Will opens the gift once they're in the car and it's a new camera to replace the one obviously that got smashed out of his hand. And that's when we see inside Nancy, um, goes to the living room and Steve is there waiting for her and he says, did you give it to him? So obviously it's like, so, I mean, I think a lot of things, I think that it's really nice of Steve to like not need to be there when Nancy gives it to him too. Like I'm impressed yeah. with Steve throughout this whole scene. Cause it's like, he didn't have to be the one who like made it up. He like recognized that that should come from Nancy. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely think there's like, even Nancy's face as they're like cuddling on the couch is like uncertain to me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get the uncertainty. I really did think that she was like, very happy with Steve. Interesting. But I did also get the underlying, sort of I don't know the soft spot that she had for yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. Um but I didn't get any kind of impression that she was torn. Okay. Although, I mean, season 2, I think I feel like we that would build. So if we get right. a season 2 and all the three of these characters are also in season 2, then I really think that this love triangle would be, be played out more, but at least yes. in terms of where things are sitting right this moment, I don't I mean, I didn't get the impression that she was, like, in that exact moment thinking, like, should I go after him, you know, or should I stay here with Steve? What about if in season two, Barb becomes the love interest of Jonathan's because she's still alive? Oh, my God. Barb emerges from the upside down. (laughs) She was like, you guys, this whole time I've been in some kind of incubating hibernation. Why did nobody try to save me? Right. Me, CPR. Seriously. You see one slug come out of my mouth. (laughs) I haven't blinked in a week and a half, but (laughs) I'm here. I'm back. (laughs) I gave birth to a creature, but you know what? That could still happen. I oh, to... there we go. There we um, go. Okay, so Hopper's at the That's police right. Christmas party. We see that close-up of the news article about Will that says the boy who came back to life. You have more details on that. I don't. Yeah, so I just have uh, the piece that you can kind of piece together. So the former missing child, <laughs> Bill Will Byers, has been found after a week of searching. He's presently in stable condition at Hawkins General Hospital. Byers's mother, Joyce Byers, alleges that Will was the subject of a secret government program run by the Hawkins National Laboratory. The allegation comes amid a, amid a massive investigation into the hidden organization and its elaborate experiments in the perusal of mind control. Mm. The abuse, yeah, I know, the abuse detailed the first report in the first report includes prolonged physical duress and psychological interrogation. This government t- sanctioned torture has provoked outrage amongst American, and this is where it starts to get hidden and you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. But then in a statement issued yesterday, Ives mentioned her disgust. So I don't know if that's like Terry or her sister, maybe. 
Um, and then at some point later, so then it says in an organization, our own American people are being treated like the enemy. We should be directing our something to the real target, the Soviets, not your own daughters and sons. And then it says under legal something, Brenner has issued no comment. Like almost like under legal advice or something. Brenner has issued no comment. Yeah, he's alive. Right? So, yeah. and then the other headlines were Hawkins Lab blocks inquiry, coroner arrested for falsifying autopsy, and Moorhead's role in ongoing state trooper scandal. So they're all related. Yes. Obviously to everything we've just seen. But, um, but yeah, it's that line where it says Joyce Byers alleges that Will was the subject of a secret government program run by the Hawkins National Lab. I mean... Really, it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. But like, I feel like she feels like he was more like 11 than he was. Right. But in the sense that he was taken for like research purposes when I don't think that was the case. But then like, there's no mention of the other five people that are missing. Like, there's no mention here of Barb. Right. So like, and the other four people, the three hunters and whatever. But like, it's... Like, what do people think happened? I don't know. I feel like, you know, maybe in season two, we are going to kind of get a taste of business as usual in Hawkins after this big thing. And it will just be, like, I think that we'll be maybe made aware of what everyone thinks happened just through the course of casual conversation, you know, where it's this accepted fact that, you know, there was a, you know, I don't know explosion at the middle school or whatever you know like that um people will just sort of talk about it in a way that everyone accepts this narrative like it's undercover government stuff right not like sci-fi monstery stuff um yeah agreed yeah so okay so we're at the christmas party hopper's on his way out uh he's packing up food to go out um, and then he pulls off the road on like this wooded, you know, deserted highway and just walks straight through the woods, like we've already mentioned, straight to this wooden box. And he puts the food that he's packed up into the box along with some egos. So Eleven is alive. There's no circumstance in my mind <laughs> that would make this scene make yeah. any sense except that Eleven is alive. Agreed. Yeah. And then our final scene is um, really cute Christmas uh, set up at Joyce's house. Uh, Will is shaking all of his Christmas <laughs> presents. Uh, and he's pretty sure that one of them is an Atari, which is awesome. And um, they all, Jonathan's taking pictures with his new camera. And they all go to sit down. And Will just like super normal stands up. And Joyce is like, is everything okay? He's like, yeah, I forgot to wash my hands. And she's all like impressed that he's like growing up. And he remembers he needs to go wash his hands. And he's just like, he's so calm. Calm. Yeah. Like, even I really paid attention the second time, too. Like, there's no indicator. None. But then when he's in the bathroom, he has, like, this cough slash, like, burfy event um, where this little slimy slug comes out of him and into the And sink. not that little, actually. Yeah, like, true. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> kind of large. S- large. Smaller compared to, like, the thing that Hopper pulled out of Agreed. him. Or, like, but you're, you're absolutely right. That would be incredibly unpleasant to have come out of you. Like... It, it is quite large. It was like, as and then it just goes down the drain. And like, what else is still in yeah, there? Agreed. And like, why is it? This is a month later. Slash, like, yeah. wasn't he like X-ray? I feel like, and, and I mean, we we didn't mention it, but when the boys, when the boys right. came into the hospital room to start talking to um to. 
talk to Will for the first time, whatever. And they're all excited. And they're telling him everything that went down. Uh, they're interrupted by Will coughing. So, I, uh, like, I think that based on the fact that he had this cough yeah. immediately and he shows absolutely no, like, sign of distress or whatever, like, there's yeah. no indication that something's amiss. Like, it's I think that happening. this is happening on the regular. I agree completely because you're right. Like if this were a first time thing, he would have been way more freaked out instead. But he obviously has not told anybody like he is keeping it to himself um, yes. that it's happening. And then even more disturbing, if possible, is the fact that he's like as he's standing there washing it down the sink, there's like a lights flashing and suddenly it's like and he sees it. It's like he's back in the upside down. Yeah. Uh, in the bathroom, but in the upside down. And it doesn't last very long. And then it flashes right back to like normal. Um, but it's like he's now able to yes. go back and forth and therefore get out. What? Like, he can open portals now because he has, like, a little bit of the monster in him. Yes, okay. I landed at that same place, too. But what did you say after that? And then go get L. Oh! Yes! I really do think, like, I really think that L would be able we to get out, see. though. I mean, she has superpowers. <gasps> True. And it's a toxic atmosphere. She wouldn't be able to recover. This is true. This is true. And how much time did she ever spend in there? I don't think she's ever spent any time time in the blackness. Um. Right. Hmm. Okay. So, yes. So, then he comes back to the table and pretends everything's totally fine. Like, he's just, like, such a little actor. Like, um, and they just, like eat dinner like everything is completely normal but it's not okay one more question about this so what do you feel is more likely that will is keeping this to himself and not sharing it with anybody because a he doesn't want to worry anyone and he just wants to move on and have things be normal or b that there is some kind of like underlying um i don't know sinisterness yes sinisterness about it yeah i just really feel like it's the first one Mm -hmm. but yeah like in the yeah i just to be that normal and like I think the character that he is, like, how he is this, like, incredibly, like, mature, caring kid, you know, that it's kind of like, it, he doesn't want to worry his mom and his brother, who were obviously so worried the first time, so he's just, like, covering it up. But I do wonder, <laughs> so, beware that I just reread the entire Harry Potter se- series again, so I'm very, like, in the Harry Potter mo- <laughs> mode right now, but that, like, in the same way that, like, I'm sorry, this is yes. hard for you, but you've had many years to read them, everybody out there. But, like, Harry contains some of Voldemort's powers because, and then he, but he's, like, the good guy. Yeah. I'm not explaining this well, but you know what I mean? Like, he's able to right. do certain things because in Voldemort trying to destroy him when he was a baby, he imparted some of his, you know, characteristics onto him. Um, it's, like, I'm wondering if that's kind of the case. So, like, Will is still very much good, but he now has, like, enough of the upside down monster in him that he could potentially do things like open the portal back and forth um and like have those characteristics um perhaps like breathe in that world yeah that's what i was thinking too like maybe the atmosphere isn't toxic to him anymore 
So he could spend more time yeah. in there. And he could own it rather than it being, exactly, rather than being a victim of it, which is what he was in this first season. Instead, he becomes like, that's his power. Like, Elle has her power, but his is that he can just like go back. And forth <gasps> oh my God. This, like, Soon we're going to have like, all the kids are going to be like, X-Men. or if, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or if they find out, like, if another Dr. Brenner or if Do- like, if real Dr. Brenner or somebody realizes he has that power, then he becomes at risk, too. In the same yes. way that Elle is hiding, like, is Will keeping quiet because he recognizes maybe he's smart enough to know to keep his mouth shut because it's, like, the kids who display these tendencies right. end up becoming science experiments. I don't know. Maybe that's too much. But, like, anyway. If Elle were in the Upside Down, would she be able to get the Echoes? I don't think. I was wondering that, too. But obviously, okay. But Will that's what I was saying. Okay, like, I, like when I was talking about that scene, and I was like, okay, like this really raised a lot of questions for me about how the logistics of how this yeah. would work because it was like very abstract, and yeah. that um, you know, when they were walking through the house, they were not making a conscious effort in order to make certain lights appear. Um, they were just walking through, and yeah. the lights responded. So how did Will see the alphabet? Yeah. How did Will make certain lights turn on and not others? I don't know. So I assume the alphabet showed up for him, which I think that's a question. But maybe that's how the food, like things that exist in our world end up existing there. Yes. And then okay, I assume that makes sense. Them. The touching does make sense. The alphabet showing up just kind of out of nowhere makes less sense to me. But yeah, I mean, like. Mm, I don't know. I guess that's probably just something you you just have to go with it. But no, I hear you. I know. I, I yeah. Obviously, we both landed on that question too. So, if people out there have the answer to how that one works, then we are all ears. And like, am, okay, yeah, okay, really, I just have I to let it go sure, at yeah. this point. But like, okay, remember that scene where Joyce was sitting in Will's room and she was surrounded by light bulbs? She was surrounded by lights? And then, yeah. I mean, obviously, some of the craziness of the lights, like, was because the creature was coming. But before that, like, Will was making the lights go crazy himself. So is he, like, literally, like, running around that room? Well, that's what, like, so if they were able to, like, light it up just by walking through it, I assume if you actually make a conscious effort to, like, communicate and speak and, like, Right. That you would be able to do a lot more with the lights, even than what Hopper and Joyce were doing. That was like the way I was thinking. And okay, um, so can we think back for a minute? So that, yeah, okay, like, think of the very first scene of the very first episode. Sorry, the first, you know, the first few scenes. So the boys get on their bikes and they're driving, they're getting on their bikes and they're going home after um, playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the lights flicker on mm-hmm. um, their bikes and in the garage. Was that was the was the creature in that very same yeah. place in the others in the upside down at that time? Yeah, because maybe. it's very shortly after. Because at that point, it had escaped so, from the lab. Yeah, and then yeah. so then Will sees it in the street, like very shortly after that. And is the place where Hopper? Sorry, if you said this and I was just spaced out, but if is the place where Hopper is leaving the food? Is that out by where Will's bike was found? Uh, I, I, I went to the, I actually, 
Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. I did think that it was by I my my mind went to the place of it being by the tree trunk where um, Nancy went through, which is also at the same place. Which maybe is the same place because it was close to Steve's place. That's why they went there because that's where all the sightings were and whatever. Yeah, all the same woods. So yeah, it makes sense to me that maybe the monster was walking by that and then came out in the woods and then was he walking by it in our world or the upside down? Gotcha. Like in the upside down. Yeah. And he came through in the woods. Yes. Okay. You know what I mean? And then in, in the woods, he just happened that, like, wheel biked right by him. And he saw him. I and can't then, wait. Yeah. I want answers. Honestly, I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know that even after season two, well, like, I they're think- never probably going to be able to give us the detail a level no. of answers that we're looking for. Like, they're never going to go back probably and show us exactly how all of this stuff happened. But, um, yeah. I think it's a good thing that we're not recapping. Like, <gasps> I just could not. Something. I never watched that show. But based on what I think I know it's about, I could not. It would be nothing. Uh, yeah, forever. Like, yeah, forever. Uh, speaking of which, yeah. thanks for sticking with us, people. Oh, God. For two hours. I can't help it. I can't help <laughs> it. We just had so there much was to so say. Much to discuss, people, like if you did not leave that episode having a billion questions, then I mean, I really I feel like, like, you know, these are important things we're asking. Well, so we obviously got into podcasting to a make a million dollars. That's right. That's right. We have thus far <laughs> not anything like not only do we not have sponsors we don't have a place like people can't even contact us right now this is just us talking to ourselves in microphones that's right which feeds into point b is that even if there's like three people listening to this it was that we have dedicated points of contact to discuss what we love to discuss yes like a hundred percent we would be having this conversation anyway Exactly. That's, so why not that is right. You're welcome, your world. Dear, dear <laughs> listeners, you're welcome. And yes. hopefully we've But no, actually, like, out. really, thank you. If you did actually listen to any of this, yes. thank you so much because it's really fun to do and we had such a great time and there's nothing I like talking about more than TV. That's probably a sad fact for me to just come right out and admit, but I, I just, you know... It's super fun. And there's like, it was a great show. This, um, the podcast is the brainchild of Kim. And so was the uh, first show that we would tackle. And Kimmy, you definitely know. Yay. Thanks, Jess. And uh, yeah, we, we don't yet have forums up to discuss or interact with us, but we will make sure to put them in the show notes when they do exist so that you can find us but um we would love to hear back from people as to what they yes. think or whether any of our rate us and comments um yes and we are going to be back we have plans for shows this fall that we will announce shortly once we get this we just really need to get this somewhere on the internet to find a way to get to you and then we will make an announcement as to what we're going to yes. do for the rest of the Yes. Can we fall, say, but- I mean, I know it's not up yet, but just in case people are listening to this at a time when it is up. So we will have a website that's being worked on right now. Um, yes. It's kjrecaps.com. Yes. 
and uh, Facebook page, uh, KNJ Recaps. You should be able to find us if you use, search that. Um, and those are two great places. Yay. Okay. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks for a great season, Jess. We will be regrouping in just a couple of weeks to start with some fall TV. So um, come back and find us, you guys. I hope you liked everything. Um, we did. We had fun. And we're looking forward to season two, which we will clearly also be recapping. So yes. Until then. Okay. Signing off. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.